Okay, friend, it's time to have a real conversation about something we don't like to talk about. Money. How do you feel when you think about your finances? Blessed? Stressed? A little or a lot of both? As Christian women in midlife and business, we can be all over the place when it comes to our money and then put off talking or even thinking about it. But here's the thing. Just like with your time, if you don't push pause to honestly look at where it's going, where you want it to go, and the steps you need to be a good steward, it's never gonna happen. It will only lead to more stress in your marriage, your business, and your life. But no worries. You can be not afraid when it comes to your money. My guest today, Kimberly Demarest, is the owner of Be Not Afraid Financial Coaching. Get this. In March 2010, she was finally back to work after the Great Recession, but nearly $50,000 in debt. And that didn't include her mortgage. Realizing that 75% of her take-home pay went to debt, and even worse, she was thinking and stressing about money on the daily. So that fired her up to take back her time and her paycheck. And budgeting then helped her and her husband become debt-free, including their house, in September of 2015. Not only that, but she regained the time. Now, instead of daily thinking about money, it's maybe, maybe an hour, hour and a half a month. She's been helping individuals and families budget since 2011, when she coordinated her first Dave Ramsey Financial Peace class. And then, in 2018, she became a Dave Ramsey Master Financial Coach, and has helped hundreds of individuals and families create a money plan that works for their lives. And guess what? She is here today with us to help us have this important conversation so that you too can have financial peace. And sneak peek, once you hear her definition of a budget, you'll never cringe at the thought of it again. Hey, busy girl. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what He's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Well, hello and welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. I am really excited to introduce you to Kimberly Demarest who is a financial coach at Be Not Afraid. And we're going to get into uh, a little bit about that. But first, we want to just hear about you, Kimberly. So tell us a little bit about you and who and what is filling your time in this season of your life. Yeah, so a little bit about me. I'm 
um, in my mid forties and um, have been married just for 10 years, got married a little bit late in life. Um, husband of my dreams. Awesome. God definitely blessed me with Jeremy and um, we're living right now in Western Kentucky and um, trying to find a lot for us to build a house. Um, so other than that major thing, um, we're working on our health as always, I'm very much interested in health. And then just, um, you know, a deeper relationship with the Lord. So in a Catholic Bible study and working on daily prayer and then Hopefully soon I'll be launching a book club at my parish um, to read uh, nonfiction faith books because I find that that's the thing that, you know, gets, doesn't get my attention. Mm. I read a lot of fiction, but it's like sometimes it takes having like people around you to kind of dig down deep into some of those things. So yeah, it's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Yes. I'm a huge fan of community and and in that we find accountability and there's someone else to show up for. Right. So sometimes we get that from our spouse, you know, sometimes we don't, my husband definitely would rather watch something on YouTube and I would rather read. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But getting around other like-minded people and, and working on your growth. I think that's something that's, that's really neat. I'm actually working on a a backside project right now to invite women from redeem her time into some really, what I think are some transformational books that will help us grow in some different areas. One of them being an area that you work in, which is the area of our stewardship and finances. So I want to hear a little bit about like how you developed a passion for what you're doing to help Christian women around their finances and things like that. Like kind of maybe catch us up to speed as to how you got to what you're doing today. So probably like most people it started with uh, me personally being in almost $50,000 of debt and um, take you back to the great recession and um, didn't have got let go from my job. And then um, in order to, not have my house foreclosed on. I ended up renting rooms on my house um, to try to just hang on by my fingernails. And it was awful. It was awful. So when I had come out of that, I just really, I put a lot of life on a credit card at that point. And when I was coming out and back working and things were settled down, I just took a look and I was like, honestly, I just got very angry at how much that I had, which was almost 50,000. Um, so that started my journey and, um, I, you know, got in financial peace university from Dave Ramsey and did the baby steps and they are the slow cooker in some respects. Like it's not any magic. It's just doing the work really is what it boils down to. And, um, ended up meeting my husband in um, 2010 and then, um, yeah, he really helped me. I find that almost always a spender like myself mm. will marry a saver like my husband, a nerd who loves to, you know, do the numbers and be detailed will typically marry someone who, you know, is more of a free spirit and doesn't really want to deal with those kinds of budgeting details and that sort of thing. So I really met um, an accountability partner that loved me enough to be like, look at what I was doing and be like, here's where you, you know, you need to fix these things. And I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, that's where we got married, worked on getting out of debt together. And um, by September of 2015, um, so March of 2010 to September of 2015, 
um, separate and then combined after we got married, um, the total amount of debt paid off or cash flowed was 225,000. Wow. And yeah, during that time, I was teaching financial peace classes at my church. And what I was finding was that people would come again and again and again. So what I found is that some folks have like, they know what to do kind of mm. like if you're a swimmer, you know how to swim, right? but you need a coach, someone to help you implement, or mm. in the case of swimming, make your stroke stronger, more efficient, that sort of thing. And so I started seeing this. I'm like, oh, there's an implementation problem. And at the time I was working in insurance, selling auto and homeowners insurance. And um, my degree is in teaching. So I just love to teach. And um, that's how I sold insurance was I just taught people how the policies work. So I found that I was doing the same thing with these people after class. And then when I left insurance, I was like, oh, this would be really cool to do this full time, um, be a financial coach. So in December of 2018 is when I started uh, financial coaching uh, full time. And now I split my time between my business um, clients. And then I also work for a nonprofit um, journey to housing um, Mm -hmm. out of Metro Detroit. And we help the homeless families get back into housing. And I do all the intake and stuff like that. But primarily I'm the financial coach and help them um, learn how to budget and work on increasing their income so that they can get back into housing. Wow. I love how it came from your story, right? And you were on the other end. You were that person that you're helping now, probably. And yeah. Yeah. Seeing totally. the difference. And, you know, and, and I think you're so right. Like so often we, there's this gap between the knowing and the doing, right. And the doing yes. consistently enough to get to the point where we, you know, we really see the results because this can be an area where, you know, like you said, you know, $250,000 of debt is not going to go away, you know, very quickly. So it's going to take a lot of time of implementing and sticking with that. And I love that you just point out the value of coaching, having a system and having support, right? Like we can do some things on our own, but usually that's not going to last very long. And so combining those two things together. So why, why be not afraid and not just so you guys know is spelled K-N-O-T, but where did that name come from? How does that fit into what you're doing around finances and helping people? Yeah, for sure. So when um, St. John Paul II, he was Um, the Pope three popes ago now, Um, his opening um, address when he became Pope um, was to be not afraid um, to as a Christian, like, there's no reason to be afraid as a Christian, that we have the Holy Spirit on our side, Um, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So I combine that with there is a um, how do you want to call it? Like a, oh, I can't think. Over 40, my mind. <laughs> okay, we, all have, we all have brain fog. It's all good. <laughs> brain fog, yeah. Um, but it comes from um, Mary Entire of Knots. So she had a, she visited um, this young couple in, I believe, Italy. And they had um, all of, they were on the brink of divorce. And the um, husband had gone um, and was venerating the uh, Marian statue of this Marian tire of knots. So that's a picture of Mary untying all of the knots that Eve had put in place by 
um, rejecting God in the Garden of Eden. And um, so she's seen as untying these knots. Well, he had done this for like 30 days. He was on the brink of divorce. And um, through this, Mary had interceded for him. And um, their marriage was awesome after that. And so they ended up being able to communicate and work through all of their knots that they have. So I combined the two, my business name. And um, so it comes from be not afraid, just don't be afraid, you can do this. And then um, untying those financial knots that we've put in place ourselves are, um, you know, it can, they can be untied, I guess, is the, is the key there. Yes, I love that. Okay, so let's dive into those financial knots, because <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, I'll, everyone listening right now has at least one, if not more than one of those, you've probably seen a lot. So what, what would you consider some financial knots, right? As you see women uh, specifically, you know, in this stage of life, we're kind of in this middle portion of life struggling around our finances. Yeah. So I think if you are um, married, probably one of the biggest knots is just communicating with a spouse Mm. where you naturally marry your opposite when it comes to money. And I think anyway, and I think that that takes special tools to be able to communicate well and have peace in our marriages. So um, a lot of the knots are these unexpected fights over money and not a way to communicate about them where both people feel valued in the uh, relationship when it comes to money. Um, so a lot of times what we'll see is the nerd, you know, and usually they go together, but not always, but the nerd who love to do the budget um, also tends to be the saver. And then the free spirit kind of spender person just gets like mm, treated like a little child mm. when it comes to the finances. Um, but the nerd saver may feel like, oh, all I, I keep having to clean up after you. And the free spirit spender is like, uh, all you want is the receipts for me and questioning me and drilling me about every single expense that we have. Yeah, groceries are expensive <laughs> right now. Like, you know, there's no way to get groceries under, you know, I mean, probably under a thousand dollars is pretty difficult unless you're just eating ramen and stuff. So, um, wow. yeah, so I think communication over money is probably one of the biggest knots. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And I'm sure we bring in not only our own personality, but then also whatever we saw um, in our right. own family of origin, right? And how yes. we saw finances handled or not handled and yes. sometimes bring some of those tendencies into our marriage. And then, you know, we get to this point, my husband and I are about to celebrate 28 years of marriage, right? Ooh, congrats. We're not financially where I want to be. And we went through the Dave Ramsey, um, you know, program <laughs> and stuff as well. And, you know, and we, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like we, we know. And yet I can see, yes, one of us is more of a, like, let's kind of stay on a budget and pay attention and things like that, rein things in the other one's more like, you know, um, more going off of how they feel and not always knowing the status of everything. And so finding that, that balance, what, you know, outside of just, you know, the struggle that, that maybe, you know, the friction that creates in, in that relationship, what are other ways that we experience the, like this, I guess maybe the ripple effect has in other areas outside of maybe like just that, that marriage relationship. Are there other ways you see finances affecting women? 
Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as a business owner myself, if your personal finances um, are just like not super organized and you don't have a method a budgeting, you don't have the habit down on the personal side, it makes it very difficult to grow your business. Yeah. So if yeah. you're all if you're constantly stressed about, um, I need money to eat, then your business is going to suffer because you won't be able to sell as well. Yeah. Um, on the business side, or I was just reading the other day that the average number of hours, um, I feel like this is per week if I have the right number but the average number of hours is three hours per week people spend thinking about their personal finances at work Mm. during just during their work time huh okay during their work time yeah. yeah yeah and that was my experience too like before I could really sit down and you know I was doing customer service and selling and insurance before I could do that I had to have like some kind of calmness about like oh you know, my money and my, you know, my light bill is paid and, you know, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing before I can really jump into work. And that is actually one of the things that is so amazing. You take these steps towards getting things better organized with your money, more on rinse and repeat, Mm -hmm. Um, then it affects your ability, no matter where you're working. I always see um, somebody when they first start working with me, they're making X amount. And by the time a couple months in, they're either selling more if they're in a sales position, or they've been promoted time and time and time again, I see that. So it has this ripple effect through your finances, Mm. just taking that step, taking more time, probably in the beginning, to learn good tools and good money habits. But then down the road, you spend way less time um, stressing about it, certainly, but thinking about it and organizing it. It's kind of like, um, I always really, you know, preparing a budget, doing a budget, and tracking expenses and all of that to brushing your teeth. Mm. When your world blows apart, do you still brush your teeth? Mm. Yeah, you probably do right? So it is a habit that is so ingrained from you from the beginning. First, we know that if you do brush your teeth every day, we know you can create a good habit. Right? (laughs) We can do things on repeat, right? (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. Uh, Number one, so we know you can learn it. And then number two, to give people the hope that this can be budgeting, tracking expenses, this whole thing can be less time than it takes to brush your teeth. Right. Um, in a single day. And yet what I hear most often, whether it's in the area of finances or health, probably not brushing your teeth is people we say all the time. I don't have time. Right. And right. You know, what I found, if you don't take the time to brush your teeth, eventually it will demand your time and you will be in the dentist chair with all kinds of work being done. It will cost you more time, more energy, more pain, more every, you know, time. Everything. Off, right. Same thing with our finances, right? Like if we are not giving it the time now up front, you know, and my audience is in midlife. So I'm sure there's always this, my husband loves trees and he has this saying, he always says, when's the best time to plant a tree? Yes, 30 years ago, right? Oh, yeah. 30, 30 years ago was the best time to plant the tree. <laughs> yep, yeah. You are right. And so he's always, we, we live on 
we have a wooded property and he's always wanted to buy more trees. And I'm like, seriously, do you know how many trees we have? But he's like, but the best time to plant a tree was either 30 years ago or today, right? That's the second right. best time. And I think the same principle applies to our finances. Yes. That's right. the best time for me and my husband or for my listener, right. To have invested and really gotten uh, serious about their finances and intentional would have been 30 years ago, but right. we're out there. So I don't want us exactly. to stay stuck and we're not going to, we're not going to dwell in shame and guilt and shoulda, woulda, couldas, because that doesn't serve anybody. It just makes us afraid. Not. We're not, That's we're right. going to be not afraid. Okay. So I want you to like, take us from where we are right now. <laughs> we're letting go of what, where we, what we've done up till now are not done. Like, how can we start growing in this area? Like, what are a couple of steps or tips that are going to help us to move in the direction we want to go to be faithful stewards? We talk a lot about how, you know, like we can't take anything in this world with us. Right. And so really we're just stewarding what God has given us while we're here and investing it in things that are going to last longer than us. So That's what right. are yeah. things we can do to start moving in that direction when it comes to our finances and stewardship? It depends on um, a particular person's situation, but a lot of times um, the thing that I find is that somebody is afraid to look at what do they really owe? What do they really have going on? But as we know, Anytime you shed light onto an area of darkness, it improves the situation so much. So that's what I would say. Shine light on all of these dark corners of your finances. Mm -hmm. And the easiest slash best way to do that is to look at your transactions for the previous month. And you look at all the credit cards. You look at all of the bank accounts that you have, if you have several bank accounts. Um, and you look at one month of transactions and you sit down and you categorize those, mm. like you group all the gas stations together. Then once you've done that, you know, your base, like what your natural spending is like, so that when you go to try to bring something more in line with a goal, that's more important than spending an extra, you know, $10 at Starbucks. When you have a goal that's more important to that, you know where you can cut back easily. So yeah. you wouldn't cut back on gas for your car, right? <laughs> like right. people don't overspend gas for their car. So yeah. when you're creating a money plan for the month, you're going to use this plan looking back and say, oh, we spent $263 last month for gas. Oh, we know we have another trip this month to go see family. You know, it's three hours away. So we're going to do $300 this month. And then you know that you're not going to bust the budget. So the first step is definitely shine light on, you know, what's going on with your situation. I love that. And I want to just come in here and say, there's so many parallels between our time and our money. And I, yes. that's what I do too, is I help, I have women sit down and do an audit of where's your time really right. going, just like you, where's your money really going? And, and I always say, you can tell someone's values based on two things, their bank account and their calendar, where are they That's investing right. their time and their money? And I had somebody say to me one time, she goes, it stresses me out to think about auditing my time and actually seeing where it's going. And I was mm. like, okay, but what's the greater stress being able to see it in front of you and then know where to start making changes and where, you know, to start directing it where you want it to go or having no idea. And then ending up, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, nowhere near where you wanted to go because you weren't being intentional with where it was going. 
So I love this because it may be scary to look at it and get it all on paper and totally look at that is. number. <laughs> be like, totally oh, is. <laughs> wow. How much did I spend on Amazon? You know, like I tell people like, but then you are empowered because yes. then you're like, oh, I spent, you know, $1,200 at Amazon. Okay. Now I can try to take steps to, because this other thing is more important. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing I really try to hammer home that a budget or money plan is permission to spend. And that comes from Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I love that definition of a budget permission to spend because yeah. so often we are hit over the heads, sometimes in marriages, sometimes as kids that, you know, no, 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 you don't have that money, but really your budget is just you telling your money what to do. If you want your money to go to Starbucks, well then gosh, darn it, tell it to go to Starbucks, right? right. It's only when you have a more important goal Mm -hmm. than Starbucks Mm -hmm. that you're going to start making those changes and those sacrifices Mm -hmm. to pull in these things where you can make some changes. You have to start off with a really good goal. Yeah. Well, here's what I love. Again, another parallel. I get a lot of pushback from women when we talk about setting boundaries around their time. And Mm -hmm. I think it's in a similar thing. We see it as restrictive, just like someone sees a budget as restrictive, right? But when I talk about boundaries, I'm like, if you were to plant a garden, right, you would put a boundary around that garden space to protect what's inside so it can grow and flourish and produce fruit, you know, like. Exactly. If you were to let anything and everything come rushing through, guess what? You're going to have a ton of weeds and you're going to have a lot of critters that just ate all your stuff. And it feels like there's so many parallels between our time and our money, right? That I love that. This is permission for me to spend. It's not restriction on it. And I'm choosing right where it's going to go based on what my bigger goals are. This is, this is life shaping. So I hope people are taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had a client early on and, um, she was a young physician's assistant and um, she had just gotten out of school. So she had a ton of debt, she had a ton of debt. And she was in her um, probably early thirties somewhere because schooling it takes so, so long. And they took this annual skiing trip to like, I don't know, the West somewhere. And it was a family thing. They always rented this one place, you know, this lift tickets, airplane, all that. And she had a big, it was really important to her to get out of debt, super mm-hmm. important to her. And I, we talked about this trip. She's like, should I, you know, plan for this trip or whatever? And we talked about it. And I'm like, is this more important than getting out of debt? What, two months early, one month early? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, it is more important than getting out of debt to me because my family, this is our family time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, exactly. So give yourself permission to go on the trip. Yeah. Yeah. Then you feel like you have freedom to make choices, right? I feel like we're in a stage of life right now in midlife, right? We are where we are as a result of the choices we've made up till now. So whether it's choices with our time or choices with our finances, right? It is what it is. We can't go back and change that. But yet I think so many women are finding either with their time or with their money that they don't have the freedom to make choices. Maybe they've been working full time and they really want to pull back to part-time to be able to volunteer or to, you know, put more intention into a business that they really want, you know, to be able to, to do for um, kingdom purposes or to be available for their aging parents or their kids Mm -hmm. who are trying to figure out adult life. And, you know, so, so as we start moving in that direction, as we start getting more 
freedom, right, around our finances because we're we know where it is. We've shown the light, and yep. we're creating a a budget that gives us permission on where to spend. Like, what effect does that have uh, on our life? How do you see people kind of you know as they're coming to that other side, and even what you've experienced. What, what is it like on the other side of that when you're not shackled by the debt and by the I'm living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, just oh gosh. doing it? Well, the, the really good news is, is that the first level of relief can happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of my um, recent clients, that's probably like three months into her coaching. She said, she texted me. She was like, so shocked. She was like, Kim, I forgot that I got paid today. She had forgotten. Wow. Why? Because it was all organized. She had a plan. She stuck to the plan. And she was like, just so overjoyed because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't stressed about that. It wasn't already, you know, it was already planned for, it was already dealt with. So the good news is, is that that kind of level of stress over organizing, if you're in a lot of debt, can happen very quickly. Um, The second thing is, you know, going back to that Proverbs, the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm. It is so hard for me to um, try to encourage and motivate and explain how much better it is to be completely debt free, like how freeing it is. That is probably the hardest task I have is painting that picture of how free it is to be debt-free. So one of the exercises I love to give people is to sit down if they're married with their spouse and dream about what you would spend your money on if it wasn't going to payments. If you didn't have the car payment, you know, cha-ching, $600. You didn't have the house payment, cha-ching, $2,000. And add all these up and you're like, what would we do with the money? Which yeah. is my favorite step of the baby steps, which is baby step seven to live, but give. Mm. And then you can really start funneling your money where your heart is for God to give back to the community, to take on a nonprofit job. <laughs> you don't yeah. make very much right? money, but it's very rewarding. Yeah. I mean, you can do all these things without the shackles of debt. So it's really important to dream with your spouse. What's your bucket list? What would you guys do? And have that fuel, the really hard work. The I just wrote, working on my blog, um, you know, basically that getting out of debt is like a cross. And Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Do we develop muscles along the way? to carry that cross? Yeah, we do. But when we finally unload this particular cross, when we finally unload that cross, it's kind of like that biggest loser episode where they put back on all of the weight that they had lost. And they do this activity where they run up a mountain or whatever it is. And they're just shocked at how much that weighed. And that is kind of what it's like to be debt free. Mm. It's like, freedom. It is just true freedom. I mean, it's amazing. And so few people have experienced that. So I can see why that would be something that you have to really work on with them, right? That there can be life on the other side of this, just like I help women see you really do have an abundance of time for what he's called you to. 
And, and right. also, whether it's our time or whether it's our money, we are just stewards of it. They're both gifts from God. That's right. Right. And they're both, you know, we only have, you know, so much they're not, you know, they're not unlimited forever. And it's really a matter right. of what am I choosing to do? And am I spending my time and money, which means usually money and time is just going out the window. Maybe I have a cute pair of shoes, or maybe I had a great <laughs> cup of coffee, but you know, it's just money spent. Versus right. am I investing it? Am I putting this into something that's going to give a return and that's building his kingdom and not just right. comfort of mine? So we could talk all day, girl. I love, I love, this. I, know. I love the intentionality <laughs> around it. And I know my audience right now is just start, you know, st- taking those steps to pause and think about that. So, you know, just kind of as we wind things up, what's one piece of encouragement that you would give to that woman listening right now? who is struggling in this area, who's like, I'm not where I want to be. And I'm already at this place in life. And, ah, you know, like, what would you say to her to help her to start taking those next steps and growing? I would say, well, two things. Um, First, just hope and encouragement. I mean, I, I've coached people in their seventies retirement and debt-free within a year, two years um, allowed her to retire. So it is never too late. Mm. Uh, And if you're feeling like just on opposite pages with your spouse, again, it's never too late to learn how to communicate over money. And there's so much you can do to make that better. Because one of the things I didn't say is that, you know, a saver needs a spender. Otherwise, Mm. a saver will never have fun, right? right? A, A spender needs a saver. Otherwise, you may not be able to retire. Yeah, a free spirit needs a nerd so that the plan, the bills get paid and the plan is executed. Mm-hmm. Um, a nerd needs a free spirit, so they're not just like all in the minutia, all in the detail. They're more about life, right, and like family and that sort of thing. So you, you need each other, and so I just really want to encourage people that these two people can get along in a marriage mm-hmm. and have positive effects on their time and money. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to invite you into our community because I feel like this is a conversation that's just getting started. And I know Yay. that people have more specific questions and, and, you know, and we, we're going to dive in there about some tangible things we can take out of this. So if you're listening to this, you know, I always want you to come away with what's something I can do. I just don't want it to be some, oh, that was great while I was listening to it. And now I'm on to something else. But as we spend time thinking about it, right, you talked about three hours during our workday, but I'm thinking about, you know, people that are going to bed at night and laying there thinking about this, like that's got to be a good chunk of time too. And now that's taken away from your wellness and again, leading to stress in your marriage or with kids or, you know, just feeling like you don't have the freedom to to say yes when you want to say yes and things like that. So um, I think we'll have some great conversations in there about how having a plan for our finances really helps us with our time as well. So I'm going to invite you over in there. Um, but if somebody wants to get, you know, directly in touch with you and kind of learn a little bit more about what you do and and what you have to offer, where would be the best other place to find you? Um, well, right now on my website, um, be not afraid.net and it's pretty soon to be updated. So um, anyway, that's probably the best place. Um and, or I will also include a link to, I'll give all of your, um, anyone who's listening to this um, podcast, two free coaching sessions. Oh, wow. Um, and if you're married, it's really important that both of you be there for it. So you can convince um, your husband, that'd be great to come. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two free coaching sessions and they can kind of 
Um, if they're really struggling, that should be enough to really get a good start. Yeah. Okay. You guys, <laughs> I hope you heard that, right? Like <laughs> getting an expert's eyes and ears and, you know, and her expertise looking at your situation. This is where you put all the shame and guilt behind you and you go, you know what, yes. it's going to serve me in moving forward. I'm going to be open and honest with where I am and, and start dreaming with God. And this is part of the process we walk through in the Redeemer Time program is we start dreaming with God in the area of our stewardship. What do I, what would this look like five, 10, 15, 20 plus years from now? What would I love to be able to do with my finances and then start living today, right? With that picture in mind. Um, so what a great tool. Thank you for your generosity in that. I so appreciate yeah. it. And no problem. Encourage you if you're listening to this and you're thinking of a, a family member, a friend, a coworker, somebody else who also wants to not be stressed about their finances and wants to honor the Lord with how they're stewarding their time and money, please mm-hmm. share this episode with them. You can also, you know, uh, invite them into the community where they can get some direct connection as well with both Jennifer or Kimberly and I, and, um, you know, what a beautiful way that we can really make a ripple effect and see the difference. So thank you so much for being on today. No problem. I appreciate that. And as we end, I always like to kind of get a little personal and get into your um, heart and calendar. So when you think about, you know, kind of what's going on in your life right now, what is something that you want to make time for in this season? Well, my grand master goal of my whole life is to be a saint. What else is there? Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, to hear those words when we enter heaven, good and faithful servant, like that's really where I just constantly try to refocus and refocus my time, effort, money, everything. So I made the big decision to change my work hours to allow um, for more family time and more uh, spiritual growth. So Mm. now I'm working from 7.30 a.m. Central to 3.30 p.m. Central um, with less time at night (laughs) so that my husband's done early in the day and um just be able to spend more time with him more time with the lord um so yeah there was a same number of hours but just a totally different time frame so pray for me you're putting some healthy (laughs) boundaries around when you're working and when you're not and i think that's something that you know very hard all women struggle with especially those of us who also have businesses because if it's something we do from home, it can bleed into literally every part of our day, yes. right? Yes. It's like, yes. when you don't have to drive to an office and punch a time clock and whatever. Yes. It can just be, um, oh, I'm just going to quick answer this text 30 minutes later. Yes. I'm going to quick, you know, send this email an hour later. Oh, I'm going to finish this project, you know, two oh hours my gosh. And then yes. you're right, we missed out on and then the guilt you feel for, like, I just, like, right now I'm working through a lot of guilt for not like having evening hours because I know that a lot of people do work during the day, but I'm like, you know, it's just, God is going to provide, he's going to provide me, you know, nurses or someone who has a crazy schedule anyway. And so it won't matter to them. (laughs) There's that trust, right? We talked about the same thing. We talked about Sabbath. Am I trusting God enough to not work for an entire day and that the other six days he's given me is enough, right? Do we even yeah. trust him that 24 hours is enough to get everything done that we think we need oh, to do? Gosh. And right. yeah, it's really not a time issue. Just like, you know, it's really, it's really a heart issue and what we're valuing yeah. and what we're doing. So yay, I'm cheering you on as you do that and take time to fill up <laughs> or into your husband and the other ways that you're called to serve. 
that's that's what we that's the goal of redeem her time is that we would invest our time and resources our our money into things that are going to last um, instead of just wasting it on a lot of busyness. So thank you for sharing. I so appreciate you and can't wait for more conversations to come. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So how are you feeling after the fact? Less afraid and less stressed? Know that you are not alone if you've tended to stress over money and feel like there's more month than money for your business or household. But here's the thing. Where you are is just where you are. It's not who you are, and it's certainly not where you need to stay. So I gotta ask, how did Kimberly's definition of a budget shift things for you? Just like a boundary around your time, a budget or plan is permission and freedom to spend your money or time on what matters most. And by honoring those boundaries, you'll have less stress plus more time and freedom to make the choices that you want to go in the direction that God is calling your life and business to go. Doesn't that sound better than feeling chained by your finances and being a slave to those lenders or vendors, aka online shopping sites? Amen to that. You don't have to be afraid of what's in the light. So here's today's community question. What next step will you take to have a clear picture of your current finances? I invite you to come share inside the Redeem Her Time community at redeemhertime.com forward slash community. And I encourage you to take the opportunity to ask Kimberly your questions. No question is too big or too small. I'm pretty sure she's heard it all. And if you're really ready to stop stressing about money, take her up on her offer to book two free coaching sessions. Talk about a gift. You can connect with her inside the community or on her website at benotafraid.net. And of course, I'll link that in the show notes. And if you want or need to know where your time is really going and how to create a time budget, so that way you have the freedom to invest it in who and what really matters in this season of your life and business, I invite you to book a free schedule shaping strategy session at redeemhertime.com forward slash session dash book. Again, no worries. I will drop that in the show notes and then we can dive in together. But before we go, Let's pray because this is an area that God wants us to be good stewards in. And so we want to honor him with our finances. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you have given us. God, we confess that so often we look at the lack and not the abundance. And yet the lack is often a result of our poor choices when it comes to spending and investing our money well. Lord, you have given this to us to steward just like our time. And we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And we want to be able to be generous with our money, where we have plenty of freedom to choose to give to you and to the things that are building your kingdom, instead of always feeling like our money is just going out the window to pay off those lenders. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage and the faith to trust you, that you will give us all that we need, and to be faithful as we steward the finances that you have given us. God, thank you that you speak so much into money when it comes to what you teach your children. And God, I pray that you will show us what you are calling us to and that we would be willing to take that next step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, we'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart, because you are here 
for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.